Hey guys, this is David Duncan. Uh, we misspoke at the end of this episode. This is actually the last Expanse episode for a little bit because we're going to be moving into Star Trek Lower Decks uh, starting uh, the ne- ne- next week, next episode. And that'll be coming on. Uh, we record things at a staggered rate so that we kind of got confused on when which episode would fall where. So uh, this is the last one for the Expanse for a little bit. Uh, we will get back to it, we promise. We love in the Expanse. We can't wait to get more into it. But uh, Star Trek's new series, Lower Decks, is starting, and we're excited to talk about that coming. Uh, I think it's a 10-week run, so it'll be 10 weeks, and then we'll be right back into the Expanse after that. So we're sorry if uh, you're looking forward to more Expanse soon. Uh, we will get back to it as soon as we can. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Santaholics. go all right all right all right welcome to synthaholics thank you so much for downloading this episode today you have myself aaron o'brien and david duncan hello david hello aaron how are you good dave uh we are going to be talking about the expanse what? uh we're what's gonna the be- expanse i've never heard of the show <sighs> I know, me neither. Uh, we're talking about this uh, second season, the uh, Seventh Man and Pyre, those two episodes. But first, before we get into that, it seems like the news uh, story has been going around that the UFO sighting a giant alien cube, ten times bigger than the Earth, captured by NASA. Could this be a spot on their on their uh, on their infrared goggles? Yeah. So it says. Uh, so UFOs hunters have shared uh, NASA photos they believe to be enormous cubed alien craft exiting from the sun. And then it says, the, according to prominent alien hunters, Scott Waring, this uh, supposed UFO is at least 10 times the size of Earth. So that's pretty big. And uh, he says, he, this, Mr. Waring believes the UFO came from the sun's core, is feeding for, off our sun's immense energy. And um, so anyway, so we're seeing this uh, giant cube. It's, it, it is, it's pretty impressive. So it's right in front of the sun. That's how they see it. It says it may be a special particle from the sun. This cube is a non-reflective black surface like a, a stealth jet fighter. It absorbs but does not reflect. So is this a Borg cube, Dave? Uh, no. Come on. <laughs> Where's your sense of adventure? Um, well, if so, the Borg cubes are three times the size of Earth, that's slightly bigger than three kilometers by three kilometers by three kilometers. That's that's for sure. That is slightly like the, larger. The, the super cube. But it says uh, space scientists who've worked with for NASA, uh, NASA in the past have a much simpler explanation for the bizarre UFO sighting reported. According to former uh, NASA engineer James Olberg, says most UFO sightings are nothing more than space dandruff floating in front of the can- camera. So they need some head and shoulders, I guess. These specks, these specks of dandruff can be anything from bits of uh, bits of uh, chip paint drifting aimlessly in zero gravity, and flakes of ice, or spacesuit insulation that's broken off. So just be anything, just floating out in the cut in the camera. Well, I mean that's that's what I'm thinking too, because I mean if it's just a single image, which I've seen the single image floating around, like I haven't read any of the articles personally, but it just seems like well, it's probably just nothing. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know if if they can't like see this from multiple angles, then it's probably 
it's it's just it's a it's it's kind of a joke episode. I mean, I'm joke um, uh, article because the way they they portray it, but it's it's funny because it looks just like a bar cube in the thing. You're well, like, it does. Oh, I mean, it's, it looks it looks perfectly cube in the in the picture, or at least perfectly square, I guess, in the picture. But I mean, like it would be cool. I feel like there's been other like cube things they've supposedly spotted before. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, right. Like for the um, UFO hunters have spotted. It's so like cute. Like it seems like maybe cubes might be a uh, a shape of ship that we might encounter from an alien race. Who knows? It must be easy to build. You know. Yeah. But we did get a New York Times article that says uh, that talks about UFOs and talking about disclosure of UFOs, which is very interesting because New York Times just does not usually put stuff about ufos so the article's uh, titled no longer in the shadows pentagon's ufo unit will make some findings public well they already made some find or at least the navy did with those uh fighter logs those those fighter yeah which are uh, pretty i mean i when you say ufo it doesn't mean necessarily alien alien this but it was like impressive they could see it they didn't know what it was and it could make 90 degree turns and they're uh, moving like super fast too. They're not just sitting there floating. Yeah, they're, these like, are moving, jets trying to screaming. catch up with these things. And uh, later on in the expanse, uh, <laughs> there's a really great explanation of what would happen if we tried to make a uh, an exact right turn at uh, those kind of G's. That kind of acceleration and, and turning would pretty much liquefy a person liquefy you in in your seat yeah exactly so that's the other thing it's like taking a a quick turn in your car and you everything goes flying out your cup holders and off your visor and stuff like that just imagine if you're doing that but like a zillion times faster yeah yeah Um, in season three of the expanse we see someone get liquefied yeah so that's something to look forward to aaron Oh, nice. I like to see liquefied people. So um, this article says basically that there's been a uh, uh, um, basically a unit within the Pentagon called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identifying Program Defense Department, and they have $22 million in funding that uh, that lapsed after 2012, but they did not shut down after that. They just moved them over to the Naval Intelligence. Is Tom DeLong uh, in on this? Nah, not that I know of. Not that I know of. Is he funding uh, them? But one of the Pentagon's program uh, previous directors, Louis Alonzo, former military intelligence officer who resigned in October 2017 after 10 years in the program, confirmed that the new task force evolved from an advanced aerospace program and says they no longer have to hide in the shadows, Alonzo said. It will take uh, have new transparency. And so basically what the issue is is that um, the Pentagon's doing their funding or getting their funding based on what these this program has. So it's basically a new um, way of, uh, I guess, public ap- accountability through the uh, through the Pentagon. So they have to at least show that they're doing something and not just like, yeah, guys, uh, still looking for UFOs. I mean, I, I think I mean I, I think that's good because I mean if they have some kind of solid proof of something. That'll vindicate a bunch of wackadoos or people that have been branded as wackadoos uh, for years and years and years for their conspiracy theories about aliens and spacecrafts and and right. uh, UFOs of other sort as well. So I mean, it'd be nice to have some kind of like, yes, 
There's this. Like, I don't know. The, the cover-up just doesn't seem like a great idea. And people go, oh, people can't handle the idea of aliens. And I'm like, well, we can't handle the internet either as a people. We can't handle right. that kind of power. So, I mean, like, we're already dealing with the internet. Why, let's just let's just get it out there. Let's just let, let our brains break a little bit more. Might right. as well, well, right? I mean... Um, so Harry Reid was the Democratic senator from Nevada. He was one of the majority leaders uh, at the time, but he's since retired. But he was a b- big proponent into looking to UFOs at the time. And he says, uh, lo- uh, lo- looking into this, I came to the conclusion that there were, uh, there were reports, some substantive, some not so, so substantive, um, that there were actual materials that the government and private sectors had in their possession. Um, and basically that they were... Uh, unusual metallic fragments uh, that were can't be explained, and and then this is the this is the shocking part, and it's how you read it is however you want to interpret this. But there is an astrophysicist, Eric W. Davis, and he worked as a subcontractor for the Pentagon uh, since 2007, and uh, in some cases, examined uh, ex- examination of materials had so far. Failed to determine their source and lead uh, to the conclusion uh, we couldn't uh, that we couldn't make it ourselves. But here's the thing: that D- Mr. Davis, who now works as an aerospace corporate uh, defense contractor, he gave a classified briefing to the Defense Department. So it was a classified briefing. I don't know if it was under oath or not to the agency in at, um, in, in March about retrieval of off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Ooh. So he actually gave a testimony about this. So Whether like, so yeah. the the first Independence Day movie is real. We have an alien craft uh, captured at uh, Area yeah. Fifty One, and yeah. Data himself has got long hair and just whacking out about it. Hey man, look Spider, at this alien man. I got. I know. I remember when that came out. We I thought that he was going to jump into movies, but he just never quite did. Um, so anyway, action movies. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I meant, I meant like um, outside yeah, I know, that, I that role. Anyways, so from there, um, the the topic of UFOs has drawn uh, President Trump, who has told his son uh, Donald Trump Jr. in June the interview that he knew very interesting things about Roswell. So I don't know if he actually meant that about the UFOs or about the actual city of Roswell. And uh, from there, apparently they're going to get give more information about this. This could all just be like bluster. But, I mean, it is in the New York Times, and whether you take any stock of the New York Times, I don't think they'd be putting anything about UFOs for just for no reason whatsoever. So, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Oh, yeah. that's It's for sure interesting. And I, I think, I mean, it's cool to bring up. And we've been wanting to bring up actual science stuff or stuff on the, on the show for a while. And, I mean, this isn't, like, concrete anything, but it's interesting news. And if it turns out to be true or what it turns out to be, it'll be very interesting. Um, Aliens. Aliens, yeah, aliens. Well, funny story. So one year I went down, and this is related to aliens, I, I went down to, I flew down to Texarkana to see my family, mm-hmm. and on the way back, I, I just kind of get, kept getting hit with delays, and I just started chatting up this this girl who was, like, obviously in the military and whatnot, and, like, she, one of the things she mentioned to me, she was, like, just, like, dying to get this certain level of clearance so she could know about aliens. Oh, really? So apparently, like, I, I guess people like you know like once you reach a certain level they they give you the lowdown like what's what's happening uh, with mm. with that so mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's true or not but she seemed like pretty intent about it and like I don't I, I mean she could have been pulling my chain or whatever because she was bored and 
you know, stuff. But I mean, like, I thought that was kind of interesting that she was like, yeah, like once I get my certain clearance, I'll like find out about aliens. And like, we're like buddies for like 24 hours because <laughs> we were, had a lot of delays. It's too bad you didn't uh, get more information from her because then you could find out if she ever found anything out. Yeah, we didn't, didn't keep getting, didn't keep tabs. Oh, too bad. We could have known for sure. I, well, she probably couldn't tell me since she didn't have a She could tell you, Dave. I not like you. Not like you, you have a podcast or anything. Wait, I didn't at the time, I don't, I don't think. I, I know. Maybe I did. I don't know. I can't remember when I went down. I probably. It's so long ago. I don't remember how long ago it was. It was yeah. either either right before the podcast or right right when we started the podcast. I don't. I don't That's know. funny, and you never brought this up to me. No, I just it just it never kind of like came to mind. Like just like talking about aliens and clearance and the Pentagon bringing it out. It just kind of like just kind of right. came out. I right. got to be full of surprises, Aaron. I'm full of surprises. <laughs> got to be full of surprises. Got to okay. like keep you guessing at every corner. Yeah. I guess. I guess you do. Uh, so, The Expanse. Uh, we start off with The Seventh Man. This is, uh, like I said before, Season 2, Episode 7, and we're going to go into uh, Episode 8. So, yeah, uh, pretty cool stuff that happens here. All right. After the Ganymede battle, Bobby is rescued by the MCRN and asked to report on the events, which some of her superiors do not believe. On Earth, Aliens. Aliens, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny how this is uh, so like relevant with the times. We got the riots in the first seasons, and uh-huh. yeah, we got aliens. I know. Uh, let's see, on, on Earth, Christian demands peace summit between Earth and Mars to prevent further escalation of tension, in which both planets believe the other fired first on Ganymede. Over three thousand people were killed in the Ganymede incident. The massive damage to the colony destroyed the agricultural domes that the belt depends on, leading to starvation and a refugee crisis. On Tycho Station, a recently arrived Anderson Dawes is asked to represent the belt in negotiations for peace between Earth and Mars, but Dawes convinces the belters that earth and mars will never respect the belt bobby is ordered to earth to the peace summit and to tell earth that mars fired first accidentally despite bobby remembering the presence of an alien figure the human marines were fleeing from on Tycho, dawes becomes aware of cortazar's presence and knowledge cortazar is later found to be missing from his cell leading Alex and Naomi to chase a, an escaping ship only to find Die- diego aboard and dawes and cortazar gone they took off. Yeah, so that's and that. See, see, Diego, he's an asshole. I don't like, don't like Diego. Oh, that his smug look on his face. Oh, Jeez, man. man. Like he just gets worse and worse. I hate him so much. Really, that's it's incredible. So yeah, a couple things. Uh, one is that. So Bobby, it, great opening scene too with the uh, you know like she's like regaining consciousness. And seeing the alien, but then, you know, then she's confused. She doesn't know what she's seeing. And then all of a sudden, like, she gets rescued right after that. So uh, that's a great opening scene there for for Bobby and the, the fallout of the destruction of um, everything on uh, Ganymede. Also, the, uh, the politics there at play, not just on Earth, because Earth doesn't, uh, some people like Airwright doesn't want to have a peace conference, you know. Oh, he's all uh, about war, but he's also kind of like, he wants the eyes off the Meow family. Yeah, exactly. And then also Anderson Dahl is basically just, you know, like Fred Johnson. Everything. Fred Johnson tosses him the ball, say, go to Earth and represent us. And he's like, fuck that. I ain't doing that. Oh, man. Like, I. They treat us like animals. Animals. I play the drums for the rest of the band. (laughs) The Muppet Band does not respect me. 
<laughs> I know. It's like, animal! Ah! <laughs> they think we're animals. Um, yeah, Anderson, uh, basically, uh, Anderson Dahl's like, they're having a little, like, secret meetings of all the OPA, and he just is like, yeah, I, I re- you know, thanks for, for inviting me, thanks for asking me to go, but they're never going to take us seriously, and then even Holden's like, we gotta work together, and he's like, it's just, you're idealistic, and, uh, Naomi, oh man, Naomi really put the knife in everyone's back there. Oh, yeah, you know, Naomi's just, like, digging her digging herself a grave holy shit i i mean like i had such high hopes for her but she just turned all shifty yeah yeah i i lost a, like uh in general i lost a lot of respect for holden and, and naomi this season yeah yeah well holden you know try, still being the same character yeah yeah i mean so far he hasn't but it just like as the season plays out it just kind of gets like I, he gets more and more questionable and i'm just Egh. but amos amos is great well amos Obviously, they're, so they're they're helping the, uh, the the refugees in Tycho Station. Amos pushes uh, that that girl because their mom was trying to get a second one or whatever, and like he's he like loses it. Yeah, he, he, they're trying to get some extra rations, and he's like gets gets real frustrated, and his little kid goes, "Leave my mommy alone!" And all of a sudden, he's like taken back to when he was like eight years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, I mean, he's like, just like, oh, "I used shit, to be I've that be- kid." I've become a monster. And then Amos goes to uh, um, the protogen scientist, uh, Cortazar, and basically trying to – he talks to him about, you know, about what happened with him and his mom, but also then the, what the, um, uh, the procedure they did to Cortazar to make him so just like – Took a magnet to his brain. Yeah, but they basically just made him, you know, just n- not feel anything. And uh, it's, like, it's like a it's like a lobotomy kind of. It is a little bit like a lobotomy, and um, and then um, he's like Amos, I could do that for you. And Amos is sort of like, you could tell him for a second. He's like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but he was like, no, I don't want that. He's like, no, nah, no, not really. Um, but but uh, you can tell he was thinking like that might work for me, <laughs> maybe. But Amos doesn't. I mean, Amos feels, but he he tries not to show that he feels. Whereas right. Cortazar feels nothing, uh, and and he, Cortazar even said something like really shocking. He's like, he's like, love is pointless. L- love almost kept me from making the most important scientific discovery known to man. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, that's like a harsh way to look at things, dude. Right, exactly, exactly, totally. But yeah, so Amos kind of goes a like goes MIA, just totally just takes off, and you know. Well, because he's 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 I guess he's trying to deal with like what he's become because he's like he's the kid jolted him back to what what he was like as a kid and right he's trying yeah to, yeah yeah to deal totally. he's trying to he's trying to rationalize like between what he was as a kid and what he is now right yeah i mean and obviously he's working through some stuff from his past and he and that's why he's been like the way he is oh yeah i mean his past like totally is the what the way he is and He's got like a really messed up past, and he had a really messed up childhood, and like even like you know, yeah, back in season one when they first got this uh, to um, to Tycho, and like you know they were in the he was in the bar with Alex and the the gay guy was trying to like pick up pick, pick up on him, and mm-hmm. he was like, hey, look, that guy's got a knife on him, just because he's so used to like looking at people who might be out to get him, right? Just, like he's giving that and him. giving that guy like a, a chance because maybe Amos was like that as a kid, maybe maybe he had to be like a prostitute or whatever when he was younger. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah, man. So, um, pretty crazy stuff. 
uh, with with him just trying to deal with all that. And then obviously, like we said, um, Anderson uh, figures out that. Well, he kind of already knows, and I'm not really sure how he knows this, but he knows. Well, no, it, it actually it does make sense um, that Anderson Dallas figures out that uh, Friend Johnson has a uh, secret weapon. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like Dawes has just got spies everywhere, and like you know, and, and the OPA factions are, are probably more leaning toward him anyway because he's True Belter, or is uh, Fred Johnson's Earthborn, so he's got a lot of uh, right. People count that against him a lot, even though he's done so much for the belt. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Tycho's impressive. Well, uh, Fred Johnson's um, secondhand drummer. Lady. She's so drummer. awesome. Yeah, so obviously they have a past together, mm-hmm. Dawes and her. Like, he, she knew him if, on series at some point. And, I mean, did Drummer spill the beans on the protomolecule? I don't you know. know. I, 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 the show kind of makes me think she did in this episode, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think... I mean, because I mean, the next episode we see, she's for sure like. No, she stands with she stands with Johnson. A hundred percent stands with Fred Johnson, but I don't know if her loyalties are somewhat split, and she spilled the beans. I don't know. It doesn't seem like she should if she like took a bullet for him. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. I mean, why would you betray him? Because I mean, these people were just trying to get the. These are other belters trying to get the nukes. So I don't know why. I, don't, I mean, maybe the past with Dawes is big enough for her to you know have two masters. I guess I don't know, but yeah, like Lee. Dr. Lee at Kynes. <laughs> Dr. Lee at I don't know. Yeah, it's a very interesting that I don't know how he got that information, but it seems like that might be a possibility. But he figures out somehow that they have the scientist that knows, and he, obviously they abduct him, and they take off with him, and they lead Holden and crew on a wild goose chase after Diego, and they get Diego, but not Anderson Dawes and uh, Corzar. Yeah, I mean, it's just freaking freaking Diego, and it's just like, he's just like, yeah, got me, dude, man. And at the same time, Naomi uh, thinks for a moment about firing that missile off again, but then she decides against it again. So for a moment, she's like going to fire up that missile. You can see that she's thinking about doing something with it, but then she doesn't do anything. No, yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she does also is like about to get caught, so she just like yeah, she wipes wipes the screen away. But I mean, still, you know, yeah, uh, I don't know, Naomi. Like, I don't know, like, uh, like I said earlier, like <sighs> Naomi, just like I, I lose a lot of respect for her this season. But you know, you've got an awesome drummer and awesome Bobby. So I mean, we got like two new female characters. Like, it's super root for. Her. This season, because right. uh, right. drummer's freaking amazing, and and Bobby, I mean, you haven't seen much of Bobby yet, but she gets better and better. Uh, That's cool. Really That's cool. enjoy her as a character. Well, I mean, and then also um, Bobby also they brought it up that she's she talks about obviously the seventh person, so she saw something weird there. So she saw the UN troops were not attacking them; they were fleeing from. What she said was a seventh person. Yeah, and then and then she finally has this realization that they didn't have a, a mask on. Right, right. And, and she's like flipping out, and then like like okay, get her get her back under control, and they they leave her <clears> alone. <throat> and then they when they come tell her she's going to Earth, like they're like don't talk about the seventh man. Say we fired first, and she's like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to her. Yeah, it's really really weird. And so that basically wraps up that episode, and then we go to Pyre. Aboard a Ganymede refugee ship, Praxidike Ming. That's a weird name. Praxidike. Praxidike Ming. And others are headed for safety as he privately mourns the loss of his daughter, May, who was supposedly killed when the mirrors fell from orbit. Mm -hmm. The ship's crew throws refugees from the inner planets out the airlock. 
reflecting the rising tension between the Belters and the Enters. Praxis' ship later arrives at Tycho Station, which is inundated with thousands of refugees from Ganymede. Meanwhile, Fred Johnson receives a message from Dawes, who tells him uh, that he's giving the weapon back, Cortazar's protomolecule information to the Belt. This earns support from the Belters on Tycho, who storm the hangar and take Fred Johnson and his subordinate drummer hostage. Wanting to launch missiles back to Earth in order to provoke a fight, but both are unsuccessful when the Rosinante crew intervenes. The crew discovers that the protomolecule shout signal came from Ganymede at the time of the battle and discover a pediatrician, Dr. Strickland, who was working for Protogen, also was on Ganymede. Prax reveals his daughter May was a patient of Strickland, and the footage shows Strickland leaving the pediatric clinic with May one hour before the battle. Prax, with his crew, sets off for Ganymede with renewed hope that his daughter is still alive. That's right. This episode he yeah. starts off flashing back toward like the beginning, and this was it was like I think this is probably one of my biggest like, criticisms of the Expanse so far. It ma- it makes it look like that the thing is crashing down on May, uh-huh. and uh-huh. so I was like, what? And then they said she ran off with Doctor Strickland later. I'm like, well, why did it show her like at the window when the when the windows were falling and he was looking at her? Like, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it, if, yeah, it was like sort of like maybe a romanticized version of like, there goes my beautiful daughter. Oh my god, there goes my beautiful daughter. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was just like, it was like super unclear. Like it was just like why? Like why did they show that? But then he was, I don't know. It was odd decision making from the filming. I mean, I guess it was romanticized, but still, it was kind of like what. No, I agree. It's a little confusing. Yeah, it would have been nice if she just says, "I'm going to school, Dad," and goes, "Okay, see ya," and that was it. Yeah, like yeah, and then and happened. then the stuff falls, you know, or whatever. I mean, like they could have sped up time, or they could have like explained there was a time gap there, but it was just like he's just like watching her touch the window, and the mirror falls on them. Yeah, it was yeah, just exactly. kind of weird. I was like, "What? What does this have?" Like, when I thought happen? it was. I thought it was weird math they did that basically that this uh, Doctor Mang, you know. Or not Dr. Mang, but the, um, what's his name? The, uh, Strickland. Strickland. Is, um, he makes propane. Bobby, let me tell you about Strickland, Strickland propane. propane. Um, I have he, a uh, urethra, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobby so, Draper? <laughs> I have a narrow urethra. Ew. Um, so, so, yeah, Strickland is, you know, like, tied into protogen and like all that stuff that i thought it was a weird math they did like you know kind of like just like dealing out the cards of who who could have been there who was on the ship and how do they how do they find all that information so um i mean, I it, mean did, it did seem super lucky but at the same time i mean ganymede's one of jupiter's moons and the belt is between mars and jupiter so i mean like i mean refugee ships would come that way yeah I mean, it, it makes sense. It is kind of lucky. I mean, I'm sure there are other space stations or whatever, but Tycho sounds like it's like one of the bigger, more impressive ones. And from what I understand, Tycho can move. It's not a stationary station. It can move a little bit. Oh, is it? Um, where is Tycho located? In I was never clear. Well, where in the belt? I mean, I mean, I'm sure the belt rotates around. The, I mean, I'm sure the belt orbits just like the planet's orbit. But like what between what planet? The belt, yeah. the belt lays between Mars and Jupiter. I, okay, so it's literally in the belt? Or is it outside the belt or something like that? Well, I mean, I think anywhere in between Mars and Jupiter would be the belt. I mean, the okay. asteroid belt is like the physical bit, you know. Right, it's right. And really a physical barrier. I mean, like every time in movies you hear asteroid belt or asteroid field, it's like this densely packed thing of asteroids. And you like, can just fly over it or under it. Yeah, yeah in real life they're like, they're not that dense. Or at least they're not that dense here in right. our solar system anyway. Just don't fly through it. You'll be all right. You can fly above or under it. You know. I mean, hell, you could f- probably fly through it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's certain parts that you'd probably fly through, and you wouldn't be there for miles. 
Right, right. I mean, I don't well, know where in this. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know the astrophysics of it, but the planets rotate around the sun, so I, I would imagine the asteroids also kind of like move in a circular pattern around. The right. Sun. I don't think they're stationary. Well, and also uh, we get that a really like a shocking scene. <laughs> they just space all the inner uh, interplanetary people oh, yeah, on that like, on that refugee know, like, scene. He he meets his like. I guess not quite lover. So she, I guess she's like she sounds like she's like super into him because she's like well help helping him out and like nursed him back to health while he was like unconscious or whatever and yeah yeah you know I, it was just it was an interesting relationship where like they were building that up for you know the first like fifteen minutes of that episode and they spaced her and it was just like oh we're gonna get back together we're gonna like have life together and it's like oh wait well you're gonna be spaced yeah you don't you don't want to go in that you want to go you're gonna stay with us and he's like what are you talking about i want to go with them he's like no you don't no not really (laughs) yeah exactly so it was really mean it was like what i was i was kind of shocked by that too. i was too i was like what no way they just blew all those people out the airlock yeah i was i was just like i was like what that would happen and then like he didn't think about getting the name of the ship he was on or, like, what's going on. Because when they get to Tycho, he's like, I gotta report a crime. And she's, like, asking him all these questions. He's like, I don't know any of the answers to any of these questions. I know. It's like, well, you, sir, should have been paying attention to some details. Well, like, the Belter guy who was like, yeah, you're better off with us. You know, whatever. He could have asked him some questions, like, on the download. What's, I was like, okay. what's your name? What's your name? What's the ship we're called on? Who's the captain of the ship? I don't know. And see, or like maybe look at the the dock number and the name of the ship like on an airport. Anything. I mean, you do you you are you did grow up on the belt, so you must see things like this all the time. So, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I think like the synopsis we read said like there's escalating tensions between the belt, Earth, and Mars, and Dawes is always trying to raise that tension, and so I think they're just. This is the yeah. byproduct of it, right? Right, and obviously Dawes telling Johnson, Fred Johnson that he's got the uh, information about a secret weapon, and then he's going to bring it over to the uh, control to the Belters, and I'm like, oh man, yeah, you know, you, it's you don't even Dawes, know, Dawes is just bad, bad news. You do not know what you're dealing with. No, he's he's just he's like a power grabber guy. He's just like he's an opportunist and like. Uh, he does. He doesn't seem like he's got a. I mean, I guess he's got a good head on his shoulders, but I mean, he doesn't seem like he has a long term plan. He's just like chaos. Right. Let's just let's just still be on the. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I guess that's how you were brought up, and you've always operated that way. But I mean, even Fred Johnson's like, hey, we gotta like try to play for power and, mm-hmm. in, in a way that'll gain respect. And Dawes is like, nah, we can't get respect. We're animals. Right. Right. Animals. <laughs> animals. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, I, I can see where they're both coming from, but just Dawes just doesn't seem like it has a long term positive outcome. Like, right, what right. are they going to get? I mean, if they really turned the, you know, if they really got the nukes and, and tried to nuke Earth. Well, like you said, I mean, he says, you, you, I mean, when they try to take the nukes from Johnson and off Tycho Station to fire at Earth, they're like, they're just going to shoot it down. You're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of idiots about it. They're like, yeah, so we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, like, like, like this is your only little bit of power. You're just gonna try to waste it. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's just. I mean, the Belters, at least these ones, don't seem to have any kind of like. Well, these guys are like thugs, just with a uh, like some type of plan, but they're not, they're not very. They're not thinking ahead on their game. Well, but neither is Anderson Dawes, really. It seems. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the outcome of you know 
them playing with the protomolecule, but I mean, it's at least, I, I see where he's going with it, but he doesn't know the severity. And like even Holden was like saying, "I was on Eros, I saw that, and you do not want to mess with what's on that, what happened on there." Yeah, you know. So I think this <clears throat> is the last we see Dawes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Don't I see think him this after is the last episode. Maybe we see him again later in the season, but I'm, but I, I'm pretty sure we don't see him at all in season three or season four. Like oh, he's wow. mentioned in passing, mm-hmm. but like he's gone. Like I, I'm pretty sure this is his last episode. So I mean, like, I, I was kind of surprised by that. I figured he'd be a bigger player, especially after the stuff he pulled here. I don't know if they like wrote around maybe the actor not being available. I mean, I, I don't know if it's how it happened in the book either. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm still in the first book, and we're we're moving steadily through the second book as far as the TV material goes, and into the third book soon enough. Right. Yes. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, I, I don't know how it plays out there, but it, I, I'm definitely um, thinking that I, I'm surprised to be, if he becomes a smaller player. I don't I don't know. It'll be uh-huh. interesting once I get to the books to see if the show had to do something different with him. And then we get the whole thing with Alex finding Amos, and they get into this like escalation where they're like, Amos is ready to throw him down the, the, the walkway on the, on, on the ship. And he's like, I can't do that. Who's going to fight this ship? I know it's like, <laughs> and then like, they're like like one of they're like waiting to apologize to each other, and then Amos is like, "Do you hear that too?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they don't have to. Yeah, no, but the it, it's it's so it's so psychotic, you know. Amos just doesn't even like see that he was almost like, going to kill Alex, and that you know, I mean, the, a prison sentence must not happen very often out in Belter life. I, I guess. I mean, like working on some of the ships is. I mean, probably being added out to the belt is pretty much prison, becoming a like, like forcibly becoming a belter, because right. a you're you're first to do like menial labor, two you're in a, a culture that hates people from Earth, so I yeah. mean like you're double screwed if you like get sent to the belt. I mean, I would imagine that would be like what prison is or whatever, right? For, yeah, for Earth Still, and Mars. I mean, very like, very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very dangerous work. It's like basically Ruapente. <laughs> Verapente, the alien graveyard. I, I just, I, I, it just, it just, it was shocking that how he. I mean, obviously, Alex got upset that he's saying, "Why aren't you with your family? Why aren't you, you know?" But you know, Alex, I don't know the full reasons of everything with Alex. You know why he hasn't gone back? I mean, other than Alex just was believed to be dead, and so he yeah. kind of. I mean, that, that's his it. excuse that he's been using so far. I mean, it. it more, more of that comes uh, a little. bit I'm later. sure I'm, we'll get more information about that. Yeah. But Amos, Amos, like kind of get, it gets in, and then obviously it gets Alex all worked up, and then Amos has no place, uh, you know, in his head right now to be dealing with uh, Alex going pushing, pushing on Amos. So yeah, well, I, I just like the whole crew of the Rosinante, especially Amos and Naomi, not Amos and Naomi, uh, Naomi and and Alex. Mm-hmm. Like I, I forgot to mention this several episodes ago. But, like, whenever they escape Eros and, like, Naomi's, like, bitching about, oh, we should have saved more people. And it's just like, you are an ice hauler. You are not the Enterprise. You're not Kirk. You're not Picard. You're not any of those people. Your job is literally not to not to help people. I mean, like, yeah, you, you help the people you could out of the kindness of your heart. But you're not the Federation. You're not, like, that's not your job. That was not your job description. It was, I, I just thought that was kind of strange how she was like, oh, we should have saved more people. I'm like, Well, I think oh, that's wow. what's remarkable about them because... It's always if you if you really think about it, like, I mean, I mean, we get a little bit about this at the very end, uh, just before the episode closes. But like, 
besides Fred Johnson helping them uh, as a crew, like they just throw themselves into every issue and try to take over, take take command of and try to fix things. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's like it's like they become the Federation, even though like their job was hauling ice. It's very right. it's very interesting, like dynamic they, that they that they've done. But it's just it's so strange that these all like that they're so like free loving and and like I mean not free loving, but you know like they're vigilantes. Vigilant, but they're not even like they're like the the A team in space. Yeah, they sort of are the A team in space. <laughs> they're kind of, yeah, they're the A team in space, and it's just but. I didn't even think about the A team in space thing until just now, but I always thought like they, they seem like they're, they're trying to do Federation values, even though the Federation does not exist in this universe. Well, Holden does. I don't know about anybody else. They're all playing by their own rules. They are, um, but they all listen to Holden or or to a point or Naomi to a listens point. To, to Holden yeah. and and uh, tells Amos what to do since Amos isn't really on Holden's team. Exactly right. at this point. Right, right, exactly. I don't know. It, it's bizarre. So I don't know. It's all very interesting. But at the very end, Fred Johnson basically tells him, like, you're never, uh, you're not going to be welcome back. Because Fred Johnson wants, you know, more, you know, wants Holden to work for them and, and Holden to be listening to to what Fred Johnson and Fred Johnson's like losing a lot of control. Oh yeah. And obviously he, he, he almost, he almost loses the Tycho station by the OPA trying to take over. Oh yeah. That faction loyal to Dawes was trying to take over and take the nukes. And that was just a great scene by the way. Cause they're like confronting Meng about like his, his daughter's uh, pediatrician. And then they get the call that like uh, Fred Johnson's in trouble, and they go and like cut off the and air. And they're trying to they're trying to take the they're trying to take the nukes. Yeah, they're trying to take the nukes. They try they discover that, so uh, they go in and save the day. And I love Drummer so much. As soon as she's like she gets shot in the gut, she gets like suffocated, and then as soon as she, like Alex helps her up, she takes Alex's gun and shoots the two guys that were like leading right. the. Uh, yeah, it just kills him immediately. She kills him instantly. She is so awesome. I I love her so much, and she's a, such a badass character. No, yeah, she is very, very, uh, yeah, a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure. That she didn't die too through all that. Oh yeah, like she she got like messed up, and she took a bullet for Fred. So she's like, you know, pretty awesome. And you know, it, it, but Fred is losing control. He's lost. He's lost the scientists. He almost lost the nukes, and now he's lost. You almost lost game. Tycho Station, and yeah. and then yeah, then the whole threat like if you know like basically don't come back here. I just yeah, I, I don't understand why he's like don't come back. I mean like, I don't know. I think he wanted to be calling the shots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Like they they literally just saved his life, and he's like, yeah, don't come back. It's just. Well, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, even even James says to him, like, we just literally saved you. Well, basically, Fred Johnson was like, oh, we replaced so many parts on the ship. It's basically mine. It's like, well, we saved your life, so let's just call it even. Like so for for payment or whatever. But I don't know. I I'm, I'm a little bit upset that they kind of like cut ways. But the Rossinante, they're definitely like the A team in space. They're gonna march to the beat of their own drum. Yeah. Right. Right. Alex is Murdoch. <laughs> Murdoch, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Amos is B. A. Barabbas, Mister T. Yeah, yeah. Naomi's face, I guess. I guess could be face. Yeah, face. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then um, who else we got? Holden is uh, uh, the Colonel. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, you're right. That's the A team. A team. It's four people. It's A team in space. It is the A team in space. I suppose we, we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Instead yes. of a black van with a red stripe, they've got a MCRN attack ship. That's right. You know, just as good. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I may need to like do a cut, super cut. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I, it was some cool stuff. How they took back Tycho Station. How they cut off the air. Like he cut the like one of the platings off the you know outside of the ship and to turn off to uh, change the gas inside the the air inside the uh, mm-hmm. control room and stuff like that. But um, you know, pretty cool sequence of them getting taken over trying to take the nukes and then you know amos you know saving you know or changing the gas and all that stuff so Mm. i don't know it was it was it was was a great sequence yeah yeah so good and uh but uh, a lot of fun and i can't wait to see what happens i'm this is as far as i've gone so in the in the episode so i don't know what live with the with it yeah He, he is no longer ahead he can't he can't look back Maybe I'll watch some uh, tom- uh, tomorrow when I get a chance. But yeah, this is as far as I went, so I don't know what's going to happen after this. So it's going to be interesting. Well, the thing is, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't because it all just runs together in my head. Mm, gotcha. Uh, it's all just like one giant story in my head, and I can kind of remember like the different like phases where it kind of transitions from one book to the other book because they they always feel a little bit different when they do that but right like each individual episode it's hard for me to like like nail down i think i think next time we're gonna actually see draper on earth if i remember correctly okay okay that's uh interesting yeah cool stuff well anything else to talk about before we close up this episode aliens aliens hopefully we'll get Uh, some aliens that'd be fun yeah i mean it it is 2020 anything is possible at this moment in time anything is possible that that paint chip could be a board cube it could be (laughs) i i you know i just think i think like you were saying before it's like it's not like we can't handle the idea of aliens so if there are aliens like why are they keeping that from us? So many people want to believe. Yeah. Like, it's what the X-Files is. So many science fictions. Like, so many sci-fi nerds. I mean, like, I, I mean, almost everyone probably in the United States have, has heard of, like, Star Wars and have heard of Star Trek and heard of the Enterprise. I mean, like, it's at least, like, in that, in the, in the culture as far as people are aware of it. And even probably more people know about Roswell and, and aliens. I mean, like, you know, people may not believe it, but they've probably heard the stories. And it's, sure, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's embedded in our culture right. so much. And, and, like, and if Americans have any culture, it's probably aliens. Well, I just think that, I mean, I don't know if I believe in any of that stuff, but it just seems weird that we've been investigating all this stuff. And we have seen, there's a ton of videos you can watch, especially uh, military videos, not just U.S., but, I mean, I was watching one from... Uh, the Russian ones? Russian. I was watching mm-hmm. one from uh, Chile. Uh, the Their Air Force was going after a ship that was, like, dumping all these weird chemicals into the air and then just disappeared. I mean, it was, like, really bizarre. I mean, a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, just a lot of weird stuff. So you gotta wonder, like, what the hell is going on? Like, what what are these weird ships? Maybe it's some secret, you know, um, like high tech vehicles that we have that you know, you know, like maybe like the stealth fighters, but you know, before anybody had seen the stealth fighters. So yeah, I saw. I mean, just in this in this vein, I remember seeing an article uh, somewhere online that. The scientist is actually from the earlier this year, like back in June. It says um, CBS News reports it, uh, Forbes reports it, that there could be up to thirty-six alien civilizations in the Milky Way. The science yeah. behind this, and I'm sure, I'm sure they go into the Drake equation. Which actually, I think we get the Drake equation in the next episode or two. Also, oh, cool, cool uh, of the expanse. Speaking of aliens and the Drake equation, but uh, that's interesting. That I guess they've done the Drake equation for our galaxy and we might have 36 intelligent civilizations here so 
That could nice. be interesting. I mean, and that would, if that's true, then that would pave the way for uh, that extra Earth vehicle that. Uh, <laughs> Offward, off-world vehicle. Oh wait, wait! Is Elon Musk's car just coming back? <laughs> they, He's coming back. Did Mars return that back. to sender? Brought it back. No <laughs> it's scratches. Like, it's like we don't want that here. Yeah, I know. Uh, I we don't, don't have know. any of those Tesla charging stations on Mars, so we can you can have it back. I know. Ran out of uh, ran out of juice. Well, guys, if you have any other thoughts or about the expanse or about UFOs or anything, you can please uh, you can email us at synthaholics at yahoo.com you can join us on our facebook group at uh, facebook for slash uh, groups for slash centaholics and you can chime in there and whatever is being said or put a post there and what you think about ufos and aliens aliens <laughs> also you can go to and tweet at us at our twitter at centaholics duo and if the show is something you'd like to support please go to our patreon patreon for slash centaholics and support us there a couple bucks would go a long way to help out our our shows dave uh we are going into the next couple episodes from here uh is this uh the season finale of two that we're uh, gonna get season to? finale of two uh we got a couple more episodes because two actually is 13 episodes long mm-hmm. so we've got that was eight so we got several more episodes wow so we might be on hiatus on the expanse after next week because we will be jumping into lower decks. Absolutely, we'll be doing lower decks, and I hope I hope it's good. I'm scared, <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens, but uh, so maybe one more week of the expanse, and then we'll be switching to lower decks. And then when lower decks is over, we'll probably be switching back to expanse, unless we do tenant. But I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't know. If I, I don't know. I tenant. I saw. They could push back. Been- been pushed back again so okay so no i mean even are coming actually, out this year we actually, might actually heard, get past yeah. the first half of dune before dune comes out because i also heard That's what, dune, dune got pushed back. back yeah dune got pushed back too so i just think because nobody's going to be in theaters so that's well, I mean, they, just social distancing and, and whatnot so i mean you can't do that i mean like i mean i guess it's good because i mean i mean pretty much everything this year guys gotta get pushed the next year because no, nothing new is being made this year because of covid or pretty much since march right so i right. mean you can't that's, so it makes sense. Can. That way they can show stuff next year and have stuff coming out the year after that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Well, guys, uh, we'll find out more. But like I said, one more episode of The Expanse and then into Lower Decks. So until then, if you have any other thoughts or you know ideas or corrections, please reach out to us and we'll, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, until then, Dave and everyone else, live long and prosper one and all. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink And we'll cry till we laugh, and we'll both shit our pants You're the best drinking friend I ever had dun 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 A-team in space It's like, that's pretty true I, I literally just thought of that. This I don't week. know if Naomi would be face though. I mean, like I mean, the, she, she's she's pretty, but I, she, face is more of just like the the good looking guy that takes care of everything. You know, when they need she, to have she does take she takes care of the ship. She I, I meant 
I meant more of like the guy who interfaces with people and tries to like you know sweet talk people. He he's he was like the public face. That's why he was yeah. called face. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, but I mean, like she's also the face played by the same guy who did Starbucks. So in the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh crap! I forgot to mention that uh, that uh, Paul is the guy from uh, Showgirls. <laughs> what? Did you ever see Showgirls with Elizabeth Berkley? A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, the main Paul. guy in that, the guy that she's kind of going after, <laughs> is Paul Atreides. What? Oh, that's her. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. You're, you're, you're talking about, um, oh, Jesus. Um, Why well, can't I think of his name? It's so stupid. I, I, I could, I, I know it, it's, um, uh, um, I'm thinking Dr. Kynes. It's not. It's Kyle, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, in, he's in Showgirls. I forgot he's in Showgirls, yeah. So. I was... The movie nights thing that you sent me with um, the Star Trek, the funny things that she does for Star Trek, I was like, look, one of her... She did Showgirls. Oh. And it came okay. up in my feed because I had watched some of her Star Trek videos. So I watched it. And I was like, oh my god, it's Paul Atreides. And I'm yeah. so sad I forgot to mention that. Doing our Dune episode. Um, in, I guess you know, they'll hear this Dune in the was his, Dune was his first... Um, his first movie. Movie ever, yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. He did a lot of weird stuff, too. I mean, he did a lot of stuff with David Lynch. <laughs> if but, only um, Showgirls was David Lynch. That would be weird. It's a weird enough movie to be a Lynch movie. It's Yeah. I haven't... Man, I haven't seen that since the 90s. It's, it was a terrible movie. Like it just, I mean, like, I haven't, I haven't seen it in years either. But just like watching her, 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 her do it, and I'm just like, yeah, that was a weird movie. There was yeah. no character development in that at all. She was a horrible person at the beginning of the movie. She's a horrible person at the end of the movie. Yeah, right, right. And the thing is, like, it could have been a good movie if had there been some character development and everything like that. Because I mean, like, the production values were good. Um, the acting had some hit and miss things, but I mean, I don't think it's because Elizabeth Berkeley's a bad actress. The director probably just didn't ask for better takes. Mm. Interesting. Cause I mean, like uh, I, I remember at some point in the, in the thing, the movie nights girl was like, she's not a bad actress. She's got some really good, you know, lines in some point in other parts, like the lines are just so bad. She can't make them work or they'd never tried to get a better take. Hmm. And I mean, it's true for a lot of things. I mean, look at look at Star Wars. I mean, like, I mean, you know, they do more than one take of those. But like, you know, some of them they just use what they thought was the best one. And man, there's some really bad takes. There's some bad takes, and then there's also like some really good takes. But for some reason, they just end up using that take for one reason or another. So yeah, I know, right? So I mean, who knows in the filmmaking process? But movie nights also did Showgirls too, and Showgirls two looks like a there's like, a Showgirls two. Yes. I had no idea. I had no idea there was either. But she's not in that, right? uh, No, Elizabeth Berkeley's not in that. It's it's. But one of the other girls from Showgirls is, and she's the main character. But apparently, it's just a. It's like a really bad copy of Showgirls one, and Um, it looks like it's like it's it's a six. It's sixteen years newer, and it looks like it was like a um, uh, like a shot on. You know, have you ever watched Best of the Worst and seen some of those awful movies that Red Letter Media like critique or whatever? Right. Yeah. 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 Like it looks like one of those, like a camcorder movie that just got bad editing, bad shooting, bad everything. And so, mm. like looking, like I watched both her videos. Like looking at it, Showgirls was like a professionally done movie. Like the the cinematography was much better. It looked like a movie. oh yeah, it was like that was when that came out because that one girl um, was from Saved by the Bell, yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and the thing is, it was like, a big it, deal, and then all of a sudden, people. Well, like, oh, the movie killed her career because the movie was like a dud. Yeah. Because I mean, the only thing I had going for it was tits. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, like, you need more than tits to make a movie work. And like you said, it was like a morality tale. But the thing is, she was awful at the beginning and awful at the end. Like, she didn't start off innocent and turn evil. That would have been an arc. If the movie had an arc, I think it would have been better. And she describes it as like. It was like, uh, this guy doesn't know how, whoever directed this and wrote it doesn't know how people act. Because, like, she was like, is this sexy, question mark? Because all the things were so weird. Like, her thrashing around the pool and, like, the, <sighs> the black guy she lap dances on. Like, she's like, oh, I can't have sex with my period. He, he goes and checks it. And he's like, is that sexy? I don't think that's sexy. And so it's like, it's like, she was like, it was like it was written by an alien. So, like, if it had, like, a more competent director who wasn't so weird or whatever and who knew what sexy was versus what not sexy is maybe it could have been a better movie but well the guy who directed it uh is named um Paul uh, did? No Paul uh Vero even Vero even yeah. and he's like German and he did RoboCop Total Recall Basic Instincts Showgirls Starship Troopers and then Hollow Man. He's done some good movies. Yeah, so maybe it was just a terrible script. And then the guy who wrote uh, Joe Esterhaus, who did he write? I don't know. But I mean, like I mean, he's he did some, Basic Instinct. Half of those movies you you listed were good or, he did, or pretty good. He did Flash Dance, uh, Heart of Fire. Never heard of it. Showgirls. Yeah, the rest of them seem kind of shitty. Yeah, movies. I mean, at other least the than, director had directed some good things. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So I mean, like, because I mean, he's a he's a director. He knows how to like make a movie look nice. But whoever did show, I, I think the, there's like this blonde girl in Showgirls One who like is like a side character, and she's uh-huh. like the main character of Showgirls Two. But she also like shot. Like I think she also like did a lot of the like she produced it. I think she helped shoot it. Like so she did it. So she's like obviously not a director or whatever so it's probably right. why the movie so bad but yeah you should watch the movie nights i mean, that's all, i couldn't even finish watching her review of showgirls too because it was because it was just so bad watching the clips i'm just like this looks awful uh, so i didn't yeah, even I, want to finish what hearing what you had to say because i mean it oh wasn't that funny but it was just i was just like wow i feel bad that you had to watch this movie <laughs> Oh my god! Well, yeah, you should check out her reviews on those movies. It was uh, it's the first one, and then only only watch a little bit of the second one so you can see how bad it is. I guess, yeah. I I, I barely remember, and I remember not being a very good movie too. So it was not a very good movie, but looking at the clips, like it was it was competently shot. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something. Right, right.